Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey there, moms. It's Rachel Carmen here, and I'm so glad you've joined me today. I am sitting at my studio, which means a microphone in my husband's office, on a beautiful, beautiful day. And I hope that this has come to you at a beautiful day, too. I hope you're having a glorious day, enjoying and breathing. And yet, if your day has been more than a little harried, I can appreciate that, too. And I hope that this time we spend together today represents an exhale for you and a moment of real refreshment because that's what we're all about here at the Real Refreshment Podcast. I need to let you in on some exciting news as a refresh for this podcast. We have made the decision to partner with Life Audio and I can't tell you how excited I am about this partnership. It won't be a whole lot of change for you as listeners, but it is my prayer that God will use this partnership to take, break, and bless this ministry, this podcast, and multiply it to more and more moms who need real refreshment. And in fact, it is on that theme that we are going to have our podcast discussion today. I want to back up the bus just for a little bit so that we can go back and make sure that we are together on the definitions of what this podcast is all about. All of you that have already so faithfully been tuning in and sharing it with your friends, thank you. And I do pray that that will continue because I do believe that we are in the battle right now for the hearts and minds of us as moms and dads, and certainly for that of our children. And we have got to make sure that we are getting our real refreshment, and it is available. That's one of the things I want to make clear today as we have our time together. Real refreshment is available. Real refreshment that satisfies. Real refreshment is available, but there are alternatives offered by the enemy of our souls who want to distract us from real refreshment. So we want to get back to that discussion today, lay the foundation for this podcast before we go forward in this new partnership with Life Audio. Again, it won't be any different for the rest of you who are already downloading this, but I do hope, and it is my prayer, and I would ask you to join me in praying that God would take this podcast that he would bless it and break it and multiply it to the masses, that more and more moms can indeed find rest for their souls. As we discuss this, it's actually going to be a two-part series today, and next time we're together, we're going to discuss this whole issue of real refreshment, what it is, how you can get it, some references in Scripture, and I want to invite you to take out pen and pencil and even your Bible if you have it handy and make some notes for yourself so that you can study deeper on this. Certainly, we cannot get all the way deep, deep, deep into this like you know I would like to do. But I believe in the teaching 
power of the Holy Spirit. And as you seek Him, as you listen, as you get into the Word yourself, I do believe that He will continue to teach you even beyond our time together. Mom, if you are just taking a break from your day, maybe you have little ones down, maybe you're nuzzling with one, I do pray that this will just wash over you and give you that refreshment that you need today. Boy, do I remember those days when I just felt like I was going under, right? In the intro, you heard we've identified, the, my team and I have identified these three very common issues that we face. And initially, it was just moms, but I believe it's everyone. I think we all have these three things in common, and I don't think it's a new revelation, right? I think all of us suffer from feelings of loneliness. We think we're the only one that suffers from X, Y, and Z, right? Secondly, I think most all of us are overwhelmed with life, whether it's politics, it's culture shifts of seismic um, gravity at this point. It's, it's our family issues, it's conflict, it's relationships. We feel overwhelmed by all that, and we feel exhausted by life, trying to get it all done all the time well. Those are things that we're all wrestling with constantly, and yet... And yet, I do not believe that it's God's will that that be, that those be the characterizations of our lives primarily. Those are true things that we all face. Those are true things that we're all dealing with. But I don't believe that that's where God leads us, leaves us. He really, His desire for us is that we would live lives of rejoicing. In him. And that's possible, not faking it, but actually genuinely living lives where we rejoice always in him, the God of our salvation. So, my heart is for you moms out there, exhausted, feeling lonely, feeling overwhelmed. You know, just a little bit of background on me. If you don't know me, if you're new, first of all, welcome. But I am a mother of seven, and we homeschooled for 25 years. I am now an empty nester, not even a whole year yet, so I've launched everyone. Two of my oldest sons are married. Uh, my middle daughter is married. I have four grandchildren now, and I'll have two before the end of 2022. So that is my life, and I do remember having all of them home as little ones, and I remember just trying to catch my breath, just trying to get a nap on the sofa, right? I remember, and it is my goal and my heart and my objective and our time together that I could just help you breathe a little bit and that I can point you to him alone, who is your real refreshment. So that's what we want to talk about, and that's what we want to discuss, because I really do believe it's in these times of desperation, when we can get desperately lonely, desperately overwhelmed, and desperately exhausted, when the enemy comes to do what the enemy always comes to do, to kill, steal, and destroy. But again, remember what Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That is what Jesus offers us. And so what we want to talk about today is how do we get that? How do we get that life abundant, right? How do we stop chasing after the wind? You'll remember in the Old Testament, 
in the book of Ecclesiastes, and if you haven't read that lately, or maybe you haven't read it at all, I would invite you that this is your first piece of homework. Take some time to read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's not long. It's the wise words of Solomon as he lived out the early days of his life chasing after the wind. He chased after women. He chased after wealth. He chased after wisdom and position. And he thought that all of those things, one or all of those things combined, was going to be, right, the end all. He really thought that those were the things that were going to give him meaning. Those were the things that were going to find satisfaction in those things. And Solomon, considered the wisest man who ever lived, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes about how that played out for him. And he called chasing after those things a chasing after the wind. As I'm recording this today, it is a fall day in Charlotte, North Carolina with a blustery wind outside, and I'm watching lots of leaves fall. And I remember when all of my kids were home, one of the fun games that they tried to play in the fall was to go outside and see how many of those falling leaves, because of the wind, they could actually catch. And you know what they learned? It's a lot harder than it looks to catch those leaves. But it's not just harder, it's actually impossible to catch the wind. And all too often, the enemy floats the same temptation to you and me that he floated to King Solomon, a chasing after the wind, constantly chasing after the wind, the world's definitions of real refreshment. Those issues of other people, other standards, other things, we are so often tempted to chase after those things, things that the world says are going to bring us fulfillment, things that the world says are going to bring us satisfaction, things that the world says are going to be the solution for everything that ails us. The enemy whispers, chase after this, chase after this. It's this, one more of this, right? Just a little further and harder after this. And here's a new thing. And here's an old thing renewed, right? All of these lies that the enemy tells us. Look, if you've come to this podcast today and you're tired and overwhelmed and you feel lonely, you've come to the right place. Not because this podcast is the answer, but we're going to talk about who the answer is. Because there is rest for your soul. There is refreshment available to you. I just want to talk to you for a minute. I've made a list, and it's not exhaustive, of some of the things that the world offers you and me to chase after. Spirituality, nationalism, that's been big in the news lately, that that's going to save us, that one political election is going to be the answer. Surely you and I know by now that that is not true, but the world offers that. It floats it out there. Sometimes we think it's another game, another vacation, another um, emotion, right? We just got to get our emotions right. We have to dig deeper inside of ourselves to find the answer. We'll chase that one hard later, but that's not the inside of you. It's not the answer. That's where the problem is, not the answer, right? Often the enemy floats out addiction, another drink, another shot, right? Sometimes it's wisdom, knowledge, understanding. That was the temptation that the enemy floated Eve in the garden, just understanding, right? Or perhaps it's another cup of coffee, or maybe it's another brownie, 
or another piece of chocolate. Maybe it's companionship or your children or communication or engagement or it's a time if you just had more time, right? Maybe it's security. In the last few years, our fears of insecurity, our fear of being in danger has been triggered by all that has happened. Or maybe we are tempted by another adventure, another risky behavior. Or maybe it's about perfectionism or achievement. All of these are examples of wind chasing that the enemy offers us. And none of them, none of them will satisfy our soul. None of them can satisfy our soul. That's not how we were made. None of them can substitute for the real refreshment offered to us in the person of Jesus Christ. So I want to now look at the biblical, to me, the biblical consummate biblical example of this chasing after the wind. You are probably familiar with this story, and if you're not, welcome. We find the story in John 4. And if you don't have your Bible, mark that down, and I do invite you to take some time to read the story of the woman at the well. And I'm just going to tell you, I love God's Word, and I love the rawness of God's Word. I love this narrative from Genesis to Revelation where He has woven together this great love story of His love for you and me, for mankind as His creatures, made in His image for the purpose of worshiping Him, following after Him, hard after Him. And all of these imperfect people included in this narrative, there's only one perfect, one true hero in the entire biblical narrative, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it's a compilation of broken individuals, some who choose to follow hard after him. All of them are invited to participate in what he's doing and his sovereign providential plan, right, to reconcile himself to you and to me. And this story found only in the Gospel of John, there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and this story of this unnamed woman is only included in John's narrative. Here in chapter 4, we find early on in the chapter that under some controversy, Jesus has had to leave a certain area, Judea. You can look up on a Bible map to see where that is. And he needed to leave based on some controversy. And it says one of the phrases, he was going to go away again to Galilee. And then in verse 4, it says he had to pass through Samaria. I hope that you'll take some time to get out a Bible reference map and notice he didn't have to go through Samaria. He technically he didn't. There was a way to get to where he was going that didn't go through Samaria, which leads me to the understanding that he had to go not because that's the way directionally that demanded he go, but there was a person that he had to go to Samaria to see. Mom, I want that to sit on you for just a minute. Jesus knew that there was a person, a woman, a woman whose name we're not even given in Scripture, in Samaria, that he had a very important meeting with. She didn't even know it. She didn't even know it. Here, before we even get into what I would consider to be the meat of this story, certainly for our purposes today, I want you to know, Mom, that you're seen. 
God knows where you are today. He sees your living room floor with all the toys. He sees maybe you're running a sick bay today and you've got several kids that are sick. Maybe you're trying to figure out what's for dinner. I don't know what you've got today. Maybe you're struggling with feeling like nobody gets it, nobody sees you. And I want you to know at the beginning of this passage today, as is evidenced in Holy Scripture, He sees you. He sees your circumstance. He sees where you are. Jesus knew that this woman needed him to meet her this day. That's why scripture says he had to go through Samaria. There was a woman there that he had to meet up with, that he needed to extend himself to. And that's what he's in the business of doing. I said a minute ago that Genesis to Revelation is this great love story, this great telling of this incredible narrative of God's love toward mankind. Generally, mankind, all men and women, awesome, but also you individually. And that's this glimpse that we see here in John 4 is this this focus in on one John 3.16 says says this, that for God so loved the world that he gave, right? The world, all, right? That's what Jesus says in his conversation with Nicodemus in John 3. But here in John 4, we get this zeroing in on one person. And this applies to you and me. So Jesus, it says, had to go through Samaria to see this woman, And what I want you to notice there, here as we look at this narrative, is how she comes to this well. Because I believe there are some things here that overlay with those three characteristics I talked to you about earlier. Alone, overwhelmed, and exhausted. We see all three of those plus one. Plus one. This woman comes on this day. Alone, overwhelmed, exhausted, and thirsty. And thirsty. And I want to encourage you that if you're alone, exhausted, and overwhelmed, I want to dare you to be thirsty. I want to dare you to be thirsty with a thirst that only he can quench. Let's look at this story. We see this woman. It says that Jesus... Came. If you'll look in verse 6, he was at Jacob's well, so Jesus being wearied from his journey. So here we have an indication. Remember that Jesus is God incarnate, 100% man, 100% God. That's the mystery of the incarnation. And we, hear, we see here in this passage, the man, the 100% man of Jesus was tired. Do you see that? Your Jesus, your Savior, the perfect Lamb of God knows, Mom, you need to know this, He knows what it means to be tired. He knows what it means to just want to sit down. And it says right here that He was wearied from His journey, and so He was sitting by the well. So, Picture this, right? Jesus has had to leave. He knows he has an appointment with this woman. He knows she's coming. 
He knows she's going to be there. And he's tired. He gets there before she gets there. And he positions himself where he knows she's going to be. Mom, this is the power of you and me continuing on to do, in the words of Elizabeth Elliot, the next right thing. So often as moms, we get wearied by doing the same thing over and over and over. And I want you to hear that Jesus meets us doing the next thing. Jesus knew that this woman was going to come to the well on this day. He knew she was coming. And in his humanity, he was tired. And he sat waiting for her to come. Mom, I want you to be encouraged to keep doing it. Keep doing the next thing. Keep making that breakfast cereal. Keep, keep planning for lunch, right? Keep changing those diapers and nursing that baby. Keep doing that next lesson, right? Keep going on that nature walk. Keep going out and pushing that kid as they're learning to ride their bike. Keep getting out another Band-Aid and putting it on a knee. Keep wiping another nose. Keep potty training. Keep on keeping on. And Jesus will, just as he met this woman exactly where she was, he will meet you. That's what he's in the business of doing. So Jesus, wearied, sits waiting. See, this is the perfect marriage of the incarnate Christ, God and man, incarnate, right? Wearied and waiting, prophetically waiting. He knew she was coming. So he situates herself. And I believe in my imagination, this is not in scripture, except to say that we learn later on in this passage that this was that woman of town. This woman was a woman who had a reputation. Later on in this chapter, we learn that this is a woman who's already had five husbands. And the woman that now is living with a man that's not her husband. She's that woman in town, the woman that people whisper about, the woman that people point at. She's that woman. She's that woman. And I'm going to suggest to you that that's overwhelming to be that woman. It's exhausting to be that woman. She's tired of being that woman. But we also learn that she's coming to the well when no one else is coming to the well. It would have been culturally appropriate for the women of the city to go to the well first thing in the morning to get well water for the day. They would go to the well early in the day. They were talking about the day. They were probably laughing. It was probably a wonderful time for women to meet up with their empty jars and walk to the well. This was Jacob's well. It's a little hint at you to do a little Bible study and find out the significance of that because it is significant in the Old Testament. And that's an indication of the weaving of the entire biblical narrative, all 66 books into one amazing story. So there's this woman, that woman, alone, overwhelmed, exhausted, coming to the well in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day. And you know what? I'm betting. I'm only guessing. I don't know this. It doesn't say this in scripture. But as I seek to breathe life into this woman and bring her alive for you and for me, I don't think she wanted to see anybody at the well. She got it. Nobody liked her. Got it. 
right? So I'm going to go to the well when no one's here. That's why she went at noon. Nobody went to the well at high noon in the heat of the day. So she's expecting to go when no one's there. In my imagination, she rounds the corner, hip, hip, hooray, no one's there. And she doesn't even see Jesus sitting by the well until it's too late. She's already committed. She's already there. And there he sits. And I can imagine, again, that she's like, right? You ever been there? You ever been in a place? You ever been in a place where you were hoping to be by yourself? Hoping not to have to face your past, your mistakes, your failures one more time. Right? Right? That's this woman. That's this moment. Mom, no matter how many mistakes you've made, even today, even this morning, even in the last five minutes, right? Much less however long you've been a mom. Right? Jesus is there. Jesus is there, and he knows, and he sees, and he loves you anyway. Anyway, I want you to read and study on your own this interaction. This woman comes to this well alone, overwhelmed, and exhausted, and thirsty, right? And Jesus knows all of that. He knows all of that. And you see, as you read and study this, you see this progressive melting of this woman. I would suggest to you early on, you kind of see her frustration. And then you see her through this interaction with Jesus. It is absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful as you see the interaction between the Son of God come to seek and to serve the lost. And this woman who thought she was just coming to the well to fill an empty jar. And in his love, he meets her there. On purpose, he meets her there. She, uh, he asked her for a drink. You see, this is remarkable because culture would tell us that a Jewish man would not even speak to a Samaritan woman. And yet, not only did he see her, not only did he dare to meet her, he spoke to her. And she even identifies this as, oh my goodness, why are you talking to me? Why are you even saying anything to me? How is it, she says, that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? Since, and, and since Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I love this because Jesus just cuts to the, tra- to the chase. He just says, wait, 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 wait. If you knew what the gift of God was, and if you got who I am, and and just as a aside, because Jesus is thinking to himself, because I get who you are. I see what your need is. And what you need to know, listener, today is God sees who you are, and he gets what your need is. He knows exactly what you need. See, this woman thought she was coming with an empty jar to Jacob's well to get water. And Jesus is like, 
look, I have come all this way and I am exhausted, but I have come all this way to give you above and beyond what you could ask or imagine. That's why I'm here. That's why I've come here today. And she said, sir, you have nothing to draw out of. See, she's not. She's still thinking in a box, right? You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? You who gave, who gave us this well to drink of himself and his sons and his cattle? But Jesus said, hmm. Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. And the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus right here and now raises the bar and says, Hey, look, anybody who drinks of this water that you've come for, this is what you think you came for. Anybody who drinks this water, you can fill up your jar as full as you want and you can take it home and guess what? You will be thirsty again. But I came here today. I am here right now to give you something that if you dare to take and drink of it, you will never be thirsty again. Wow. Mom, what I want you to hear is that offer that Jesus made to that woman on that day is the same offer he still makes. That offer echoes across time. That is what he offers you. Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ offers you for your soul real refreshment. Real refreshment. You may have come, you may be, you may feel like you're going under loneliness and overwhelm and exhausting. And Jesus says to you, I have refreshment for you. That's what I want to offer you. And I want to suggest to you the beauty of her response. I'm skipping now to verse 15. The woman said to Jesus, sir, give me some of that water. So I will not be thirsty, nor will I have to come here and draw. Do you hear her? She says, sir, I want what you're talking about. I want that water. And then she gives two reasons why. One, I want that water so I'm not thirsty again. I am so tired of being thirsty. Mom, listener, are you tired of being thirsty? Are you tired of chasing after the wind and catching nothing? That's what this woman is saying right here. I'm tired of being thirsty. I'm tired of chasing after I've had five husbands. I'm tired of the chase. I'm tired. Solomon says at the end of Ecclesiastes, I give. Are you to the point of I'm tired of chasing after all of the things that this world offers? That's where this woman was. And then she says, secondly, I'm tired of coming after this well. I'm tired of this. And if if what you say is true, I won't have to come here again. That's what we're going to talk about here at the Real Refreshment Podcast. We're going to talk about the real refreshment found only in the person of Jesus Christ. We are going to talk about satisfaction for your soul. Mom, wherever you are, listener, wherever you are, however you're coming, I want you to know that he sees you, and I want you to know that you need him. You need him. You need him. 
to satisfy the thirst of your soul. And we're going to pick it up right there next time. I hope you'll tune in next time. Looking forward to talking to you about the real refreshment that is really available to you through God Almighty. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.